Good Wednesday morning. New tensions between the United States and Israel. And it is spilling into public view today. It's December 13th. Good morning. This is Today. Blunt message. President Biden warns Israel it is losing global support over what he calls indiscriminate bombing in Gaza. Just ahead, what led the president to voice criticism of Israeli leaders publicly and his meeting with families of American hostages set for today. Plus, breaking overnight, an ambush attack on Israeli forces, one of the deadliest since the start of the war. We're live in Jerusalem and Washington with the very latest. Call for help. Ukraine's president implores Congress to approve tens of billions of dollars in new aid for its fight against Russia. When freedom is strong in one country, it is strong everywhere. This morning, the growing fight over funding and why the White House says failure to deliver would be a Christmas gift for Vladimir Putin. Hopeful sign, inflation continuing to ease from its record highs with a key decision on interest rates looming today. We're going to break down what it all means for you and your money. Troubling trend. Oh, my God. Delivery trucks and stores being targeted by brazen thieves this holiday season. Just ahead, the new alarm being sounded by one major shipping company and the potential impact on your deliveries. All that plus remembering Andre Brower. Tributes pouring in after the sudden loss of the beloved actor and Emmy winner at ease with both drama. Don't lie to me again. And also with comedy, we're going to celebrate his remarkable career. And holiday heroes. Hoda shines a light on a very special school focused on putting others first. What do your shirts say? And treating the kids there to an unforgettable Christmas surprise. Three, two, one. Today, Wednesday, December 13th, 2023. From NBC News, this is Today with Savannah Guthrie and Hoda Kotb, live from Studio 1A in Rockefeller Plaza. Hi, everybody. Good morning. Welcome to Today. Glad to have you with us on a Wednesday morning. That was your happy place. And you're the cutest Mrs. Claus I ever saw. By the way, never been happier. PS124. And their sweatshirts, by the way, say, be the change. They're in Queens, and I cannot wait to show you that story. This will touch your heart. Meanwhile, tributes are pouring in this morning for the beloved actor Andre Brower. The homicide and Brooklyn Nine-Nine star passed away suddenly after a brief illness. So we'll have details, and we'll have a look back at his life and career a bit later. But we do start with the latest developments out of the Middle East and those comments from President Biden, his harshest criticism of Israel yet over what he calls indiscriminate bombing in Gaza. And it comes amid one of the deadliest days for Israeli troops since the war began on October 7th. At least nine soldiers killed during one incident. NBC's chief foreign correspondent, Richard Engel in Jerusalem for us. Richard, good morning. Uh, Good morning, Savannah. We've heard about disagreements between President Biden and Israel's Prime Minister Netanyahu, but generally they've been in the background, private conversations or the lack of conversations. But now we're hearing the most pointed criticism yet of the Israeli government since it began its war on Hamas in Gaza. Israel is pushing ahead with its offensive in Gaza to overthrow Hamas as international criticism grows, including from the United States over civilian casualties. And what Israel intends to do with the territory if or when Hamas is driven from power. 
A U.S. official tells NBC News Israel is pumping seawater to flood Hamas tunnels in limited areas, saying it's unclear if it will work. There are still 137 hostages in Gaza, including about eight Americans. There is assertions being made that there's quite sure there are no hostages in any of these tunnels, uh, but I don't know that for a fact. Israel says Hamas is using the hostages as human shields. At a fundraiser yesterday, President Biden saying Israel is right to take on Hamas and has most of the world supporting them. But they are starting to lose that support by indiscriminate bombing in Gaza. And that Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu's government has to change. You cannot say there's no Palestinian state in the future. Washington wants the more moderate Palestinian Authority to take over post-war Gaza. But Prime Minister Netanyahu is saying he won't allow Gaza to be controlled by those who educate terrorism, support terrorism or finance terrorism. This morning, the Israeli military is reporting one of its larger losses in Gaza. At least 10 soldiers killed in the last 24 hours, including a battalion commander. So far, more than 100 Israeli troops have been killed. More than 18,000 Palestinians have died, according to the health ministry, run by Hamas. This girl was injured in what doctors say was an Israeli strike overnight in southern Gaza, in an area that was supposed to be safe. So was this boy and his brother. My brother, my brother, he cries, as he's kept back so he won't see his critical injuries. Meanwhile, Richard, President Biden is set to meet with the families of those remaining American hostages today. What do you know about that meeting? So this is President Biden's second engagement with the families. The first was online, this time in person. All eight families are expected to be represented, and they have been pushing for everyone, the United States, Hamas, Israel, Qatar, to do more, to go back to a ceasefire so the hostages can be released now, saying that their conditions, their health uh, is deteriorating. All right, Richard Engel leading us off. Thank you, Richard. Let's turn now to another global hotspot, the war in Ukraine. President Zelensky wrapping up a visit to Washington with urgent pleas to Congress and the White House for more U.S. aid. And President Biden had strong words for Republicans who are holding up that funding. NBC's chief White House correspondent Peter Alexander has that story. Hi, Peter. Good morning. Hoda, good morning to you. President Biden, as you've heard, has repeatedly said that the U.S. will support Ukraine for as long as it takes. But there was a notable shift in his language during his visit here with President Zelensky yesterday, now saying that the U.S. will provide help to Ukraine as long as we can. Perhaps a subtle nod to the realities here in Washington, where Republicans remain unwilling to approve more than $60 billion in new Ukraine aid until the White House agrees to, agrees to stiffer new border policies. Standing side by side with Ukraine's president, Volodymyr Zelensky, President Biden's warning that Russia is reveling in American political divisions that are stalling critical new aid to Ukraine. Putin is banking on the United States failing to deliver for Ukraine. We must, we must, we must prove him wrong. Zelensky thanking the U.S. for its support while pleading that American aid keeps flowing uninterrupted. We've shown that our courage and partnership are stronger than any Russian hostility. 
But there are no indications that Zelensky's lobbying effort broke the stalemate in Congress. Republicans are refusing to back any additional aid to Ukraine until the White House first agrees to tougher immigration policies at the U.S.-Mexico border. That our first condition on any spending package is about our own national security first. The border is an absolute catastrophe. For Zelensky, what a difference a year makes. Then welcomed with standing ovations before a joint session of Congress. President Zelensky, what are the stakes today? But on Tuesday, only meeting with lawmakers behind closed doors. And heading into the winter months, there are rough days ahead with the Ukrainian counteroffensive largely stalled. Still, newly declassified intelligence provided to NBC News shows the Russian military has suffered dramatic casualties on the battlefield since its invasion began nearly two years ago. About 315,000 Russian troops have been killed or wounded. Fighting for his country's future, Zelensky is taking aim at some Republicans who've been calling on Ukraine to cede some territory to Russia in exchange for an end to the war. That's insane, to be honest. I have a question to these people if they are ready to give up their children to terrorists. I think no. So, Peter, here's the question. How open is the White House to negotiating with Republicans on this issue? Yeah, Hoda, President Biden is clearly motivated right now to get a deal done again, saying he has opened a compromise on what he acknowledges is a broken immigration system. The White House, and I just spoke to an official this morning, says it was encouraged by a meeting of border negotiators yesterday. But remember, this for decades, Hoda, has been one of the most complicated and contentious issues in American politics. So do not expect any resolution soon. The Senate's top Republican, Mitch McConnell, saying as much, saying it would be, quote, practically impossible for Congress to resolve the standoff before the holidays, likely pushing the fate of Ukraine aid and border security into the new year. Hoda. All right, Peter Alexander Force. Peter, thank you. Another major story in Washington. The House is expected to vote later this afternoon to formalize an impeachment inquiry into President Biden. Republicans hoping that move will strengthen their ongoing investigation into the president. NBC's Garrett Hake joins us from Capitol Hill. Garrett, good morning. What do you expect today? Hey, Savannah, good morning. We expect the House to vote on this inquiry late this afternoon. And because of Republicans' razor-thin majority, it likely will pass, but only barely. We just have one Republican lawmaker right now saying he'll vote against it. Now, House Republicans have been investigating whether President Biden had committed any impeachable offenses or crimes related to his son Hunter's foreign business dealings. They've been looking for months, but have so far found no hard evidence linking the two. They argue that making this a formal impeachment inquiry will force the administration to be more responsive to their questions and to their subpoenas. Meanwhile, Democrats who see this entire effort as a political stunt are expected to oppose it unanimously. And just within the last hour, we saw Hunter Biden himself show up on Capitol Hill to say that his father had done nothing at all wrong and deliver a message of his own to congressional Republicans. Well, I've chosen. I am here to testify at a public hearing today to answer any of the committee's legitimate questions. Republicans do not want an open process where Americans can see their tactics, expose their baseless inquiry, or hear what I have to say. What are they afraid of? 
A striking moment there, one of the first times we've heard from Hunter Biden himself directly about this case. He was scheduled to appear for a closed-door deposition today with the Oversight Committee, but as you heard him say, he will only testify in public. He does not want to see his words get twisted around or used against him. It is possible the committee could choose to hold him in contempt for that stance. We'll see how the day develops. Savannah. Garrett Hake will be watching. Thank you. 712. Craig joins the table now with some hopeful signs for the economy. Hopeful indeed. Hoda, Savannah, good morning. Good morning to you as well. The latest numbers show that inflation eased again last month. That comes ahead of the Federal Reserve's final interest rate decision of the year. That announcement is expected later today. NBC's senior business correspondent, Christine Romans, is here to break down the numbers and what it all means for our wallets. So let, let's start there. I mean, is sure. it widely expected that the Fed will leave the rates unchanged? And if so, yeah. what does that say about the state of our economy? So inflation has been issue number one for American families for a year and a half. And this was more slow progress on the inflation front. And so it's expected the Fed doesn't need to move today to raise interest rates, leaving them steady, which will be six months by the time there's the next meeting of, of, of steady inflation. Look at how it's come down. It was seven and change, yeah. 7% last year at this time, now 3.1%. Inside these numbers, guys, gas prices coming down. That's something the people are feeling every single day. In 23 states, you have gas below $3 a gallon. Shelter, though, this is the number I've been watching and worried about. This is what you pay for housing. Mm-hmm. This number is still stubbornly high. Mm-hmm. So this is what we're watching. One of the reasons why inflation has been uh, uh, harder to get to the 2% that the Fed wants is because of that, that shelter number. But the overall picture here, I just wanted to show you, you could maybe see interest rate cuts sometime later next year. That's what all of the economist wonks are talking about uh, because the economy is moving in the direction the Fed wants, getting closer to that so-called soft landing where you kill inflation without having uh, a recession. But GDP, holiday spending, the stock market, by the way, is up 19 percent this year. So that's the backdrop as we ease out the year. And I mean, you don't have to I mean, the ex- expectation is that the Fed is eventually going to cut rates. Eventually. But, but consumers could see. I mean, we've seen mortgage rates coming right. down a little bit. There's already some silver lining, some green shoots. Isn't that what you economists yes. like call it? Yes, yes, green, green shoots. shoots. Oh, my fellow nerd. I yes. love it. So, but you look at, for example, mortgage rates. Um, those have been coming down for six weeks weeks now. So they're still above 7%. That's still more than double what they were, what most people have for a mortgage. But a lot of economists, you talk to bank rate, you talk to all the people who track mortgage rates, and they say, hopefully sometime next year, you're going to get below seven again. And, you know, there was a Bank of America survey last week that said that first-time homebuyers are becoming impatient. At some point, 7% mortgage rates are going to be the norm, and they're going to start stepping into the housing market. We had all good numbers, things to be excited about. But if you do a poll of what people think, they do not think that the economy is going well. Isn't that interesting? What is that saying? So people say the economy you know, sucks. Sorry, mom, but that's what they say. But it really, it doesn't. And so there's this disconnect. And I think it's something that's going to be important into an election year as well. Um, because I, I call it the sourpuss economy. I say, well, GDP is good. And people go, mm. you know, people just don't believe it. But you were saying they don't believe like it. the economy might suck. Sorry, Christine's mom. But people aren't acting like They're it. They're not does. acting yeah. like it either. They're spending money. Yeah. That Bank of America survey shows people are going to try to buy a house maybe next year. So there's this disconnect. Yeah. And uh, we'll have to watch and see how it plays out, both in the economy and in spending and in politics. All right. Christine, okay. thank, thank you. you. And we're glad you. your mom watches everything. I know. She did until we started cursing right here. Uh, let's move to this historic agreement from the Climate Summit in Dubai. This morning, representatives from nearly 200 countries agreed to transition away from planet-warming fossil fuels. This is the first-of-a-kind deal, and it's sending 
sending a powerful signal to policymakers that the world is united in its desire to cut its reliance on oil, natural gas and coal. The agreement also calls on nations to triple the amount of renewable energy like wind and solar power installed around the world by the year 2030. Also this morning, they're calling him, <coughs> excuse me, the miracle man, a hiker who had been missing for three days was rescued in Hawaii. The 34-year-old Ian Snyder fell about a 1,000 feet from a trail last week while he was hiking by himself. Searchers were able to pinpoint his location based on a video he posted on social, social media. Three days after falling, Snyder was found and airlifted to safety. I don't have a lot of words to say. I'm glad to be here. Incredibly glad to be here. And I'm glad to be in... Mostly one piece at this, at this point. <laughs> Snyder was dehydrated. He was bruised. He had several wow. broken bones, but overall okay. And he was able to personally thank the rescuers oh, one by one. Bet that meant a lot to the rescuers, mm-hmm. too. Let's get our first check of the weather, 716. Mr. Roker. Good morning, guys, and good morning to you. And we're looking at some rain really starting to get together down for our friends down in southern Florida. We've got flash flood, or I should say flood watches up from Jupiter all the way down to Flamingo. We're looking at heavy rain pushing in here. Through Thursday, we could see upwards of six to eight inches of rain from Fort Lauderdale to Homestead, but that's not all they're going to see. We're going to watch a storm develop over the Gulf of Mexico Friday and Saturday with increasing rain and wind Saturday evening. So this, this, this area is going to be tapping all this tropical moisture from the Caribbean. So torrential rain into Florida and then Sunday and Monday up the East Coast, we're looking at rain and an icy mix as you get inland. Rainfall amounts through Monday, about one to two inches up through Boston, but you get down into the Carolinas and Florida. Some areas picking up another three to five inches of rain before this is all over. So a real wet weekend up and down the eastern seaboard. And that's your latest weather. Guys, All right, Al, thank you. Uh, Just ahead, the alarming rise in so-called flash mob robberies and other crimes taking a toll on the holiday season. And your last-minute shopping, Maggie Vespa, has that story for us. Hey, Maggie. Hey, Hoda, good morning. Yeah, you're right. Bands of thieves nationwide taking aim at delivery trucks amid peak holiday shopping season. It's gotten so bad, one major carrier is warning drivers to beware and to lock their doors and windows. Clearly, that is a concern brick-and-mortar stores know well. We'll have that story coming up. All right, Maggie, thank you. Plus, we're going to remember beloved actor Andre Brower, whose unexpected passing has stunned and saddened his many fans and co-stars. The emotional tributes now pouring in for him. But first, on a Wednesday morning, this is Today on NBC. Okay, 7.30, we're back with a little spoiler alert. If you're taking part in Whamageddon, so if you haven't heard about it, Whamageddon, it's a viral challenge that has people trying to avoid that holiday classic last Christmas. And we're going to talk about how it all began on Popstart. So if you hear the song, you're You're out. You're out. out. I have a lot of questions, but I guess they will be answered in Popstart. Yes. Uh, Meanwhile, we are, of course, in the peak of the holiday shopping season, and one delivery giant is sounding a rare alarm this morning. They're warning their drivers to be on guard as so-called flash mob robberies take aim at trucks carrying your packages. And you've probably heard of smash and grabs. Well, now some criminals are also turning to crash and grabs. Uh, NBC's Maggie Vespa is in Chicago at a clothing store that just got hit. Hey, Maggie, good morning. 
Hey guys, good morning. Yeah, this is a perfect example right here. Look at this entire front boarded up of the crash and grab trend. This is what brick and mortar stores are dealing with. Owners of this one say thieves smashed a Jeep through this front window yesterday, once inside grabbing everything they could. And now this sort of kind of same brazen strategy is taking aim, as you said, at delivery trucks nationwide. And it's gotten so bad, FedEx is warning its drivers coast to coast to be on alert. Oh, my God. This morning, amid the holiday shopping rush, brazen heists and bands of thieves taking aim at trucks to steal your packages. In Florida, one alleged thief taking the truck itself on a high-speed chase. A state trooper using pit maneuvers to try and stop them. Now, one major carrier is warning drivers to be on guard. The Wall Street Journal reporting FedEx last week issued a security alert to thousands of its package delivery contractors, urging them to prioritize driver safety, stressing calling 911 if there is imminent danger, and closing and locking all doors and windows when possible. NBC News has not seen that alert. FedEx telling NBC in a statement, the safety and well-being of our team members and the security of our customer shipments are always our top priorities. In similar statements, UPS told us drivers are taught to be aware of their surroundings and to report anything they consider unsafe. Amazon saying drivers are never expected to make a delivery if they feel unsafe. Meanwhile, jaw-dropping videos popping up across the country. This California woman warning thieves her home security camera was recording them emptying a FedEx truck. In Connecticut, police say four men robbed an Amazon driver at gunpoint while he unloaded packages. That's awful. And to think what might happen. Authorities say the dangers facing drivers are well-worn realities for brick-and-mortar stores. Case in point, so-called crash and grab. Surveillance video in Chicago this week captured thieves smashing a Jeep through a store's front windows and making off with armloads of merchandise. The store's owners say it's their third break-in in in three weeks. I mean, as hard as those delivery drivers are working, to have this as another thing to worry about is, is just horrifying. But so let's say your items do get stolen. So what can you do as a consumer? Yeah. So it's important to remember, Hoda, that you might not get an alert that that's exactly what happened. You could just start seeing delays piling up. So if that happens, experts say absolutely. If you're noticing your items not coming on time, file a lost item claim. They also recommend expecting delays for these kind of holiday season shipments. And to that point, if you need the item by a certain deadline, Christmas or otherwise, bizarre to say this in front of this backdrop, but the safest option, experts say, is to buy in store. All right. Maggie Vespa. Maggie in Chicago. Thank you. All right. Now we turn to a a terrifying shark attack. This one happened in Australia. The victim, a college student from Italy who lost a leg, but nonetheless managed to capture some of the chilling moments on camera. NBC Sam Brock is following this one for Sam. Good morning. Yeah, Craig, good morning, guys. Good morning. The victim of that shark attack told his hometown newspaper in Italy he had only taken a couple of steps into the water when he felt, quote, a terrible pain in his foot, fearful that he might get bitten again and possibly die. He started recording the encounter with the shark in case he had to say goodbye to loved ones. We have to warn you, some of this video is difficult to watch. These are the chilling moments right after 20-year-old Matteo Mariotti says he was bitten by a massive shark thrashing off the coast of Queensland in northeastern Australia before reaching his friend by the shore who jumped into hell. 
The Italian marine biology student who's studying abroad just started snorkeling when he says a monster shark suddenly attacked him. Speaking to the Italian newspaper Gazzetta di Parma, Matteo said, I tried to widen that big mouth and with difficulty I freed my leg, even though from the knee down I could tell there was nothing left. He says his friend Tommaso applied a tourniquet. In the first seconds it was really panic for me. After that I tried to think, to thought what I have to do and I tried just my, my best to save him. Paramedics arrived within minutes. It's quite serious, quite daunting to look at. He had a bite on his ankle and a bite, you know, mid below his knee. So he had two really major injuries. His leg now severed below the knee, with Matteo noting on Instagram, I never thought I'd survive that monster. You are my heroes. You give me strength to carry on with my texts and calls. The science student incredibly had the presence of mind to start recording after he was bitten to say goodbye to his loved ones in case he was attacked again. That Italian newspaper posting this video of Matteo in a hospital bed, Tommaso by his side. As this attack comes on the heels of fatal incidents in Mexico and the Bahamas. And another unprovoked attack in Australia two weeks ago. But still, these situations are quite rare. There were 57 unprovoked shark attacks last year, five of them fatal, with Australia second, only to the U.S. in number. And Matteo has been flooded, guys, with messages of support from all over the world, including from an amputee who says he still lives his life like all able-bodied people. Matteo saying he is just grateful to be alive. Craig, back to you. Yeah, amen to that. Happy survive. Sam Brockforce there. Sam, thank you. Coming up next, we're going to remember the life and legacy of Emmy-winning actor Andre Brower. Chloe Malas is here. Savannah, we're going to take a look back on Andre Brower's incredible career, the mark he left on both television and film, and all of the tributes that are pouring in from his co-stars this morning. We'll have that for you next. We're back coming up on 741 now with some sad news out of Hollywood. Yeah, tributes pouring in after the unexpected loss of Andre Brower, beloved actor who often portrayed police officers during his career as the star of shows like Brooklyn Nine-Nine and Homicide, Life on the Street. NBC's entertainment correspondent Chloe Malas joins us with more. Hi, Chloe. Good morning. Good morning, Savannah. Such sad news. Andre Brower passed away on Monday after what's described as a brief illness. He was just 61 years old. We take a look back on his life and career. The city of Baltimore pays me to do the pit. This morning, Hollywood paying tribute to beloved actor Andre Brower, the star who gained recognition for his unforgettable turn in Homicide, Life on the Street, and most recently comedy series Brooklyn Nine-Nine, passing away at the age of 61. For eight seasons of Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Brower played beloved police captain Raymond Holt, a straight-laced cop known for his deadpan one-liners. I've never been more proud of you for anything in your life. I mean, I've solved a lot of cases for you. And yet crime has continued. Overnight, his heartbroken co-stars from the show reacting to the news. Terry Crews calling his talent irreplaceable, writing on Instagram, Thank you for your wisdom, your advice, your kindness, and your friendship. You showed me what a life well-lived looks like. Mark Evan Jackson, who played Brower's on-screen husband, sharing a photo of them, simply writing, Oh, Captain, my Captain. Brower, who was best known for his dramatic roles, reflected on playing it for laughs in the comedy series here on Today, back in 2019. You play the 
ultimate street man on the show, rarely cracking a smile. Is, is that in any way, shape, or form true to who you are, or is no, that a stretch for you? I don't think so. I mean, I'm a serious dude, depending on what the, the circumstances <laughs> okay. are. I feel like uh, all of these incredible comedians are the kites, and I'm the string. Brower got his big screen break in the 1989 Civil War drama Glory, alongside fellow newcomer Denzel Washington. Hey, let me tell Shut you. Shut up, Trip. You get up off me, snowflake. He went on to play his most famous role, the toughest nails interrogator, Detective Frank Pembleton, in the 90s police drama Homicide, Life on the Street. Don't lie to me again. This is what you did. A performance that won him critical acclaim and an Emmy in 1998. And this is for all the people in Baltimore. This is a town that I love. We have finally made it. Thank you all. He went on to roles in television, including Men of a Certain Age and The Good Fight, and movies like She Said. Brower even met his wife, actress Amy Brabson, on the set of Homicide. The couple were married for more than 30 years and had three sons. The actor reflecting on his career and prioritizing his family in an interview with Variety in 2020, saying, I think it could have spanned more disciplines, directing, producing, all these other different things, but it would have been at the expense of my own life. Prior to his death, Brower was cast in a new Netflix drama about the White House from executive producer Shonda Rhimes, a true actor's actor in the industry, still hard at work. Ah, I lost. You just watch him. Uh The intensity, I got to interview him early on in The Homicide Life of the Street, and and all of the other actors seemed to revolve around him. Mm. He was kind of the heart and soul of that show, and yet you could see his his range in something like like Brooklyn Nine-Nine. And how about that interview that he did to talk about how his family was going to be his priority? I I know, you know, first of all, he was such a family man, and Mm -hmm. the fact, though, that he had this career for such a long period of time. He studied at Juilliard. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was incredible on screen. And mm-hmm. I just love that interview. And Jenna Bush Hager mm-hmm. is in it as well. And she's like, I'm going to make you laugh. I'm going to make <laughs> yeah, you laugh. Yeah. He's like, listen, I only break like eight <laughs> times a year from character, but you can make me laugh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. Thanks for this family. Chloe, mm-hmm. thank yeah. you. Um, Al, we got to get your forecast. While All you're right. Here. Let's show you what we got happening on the weather maps. Let's pop them up. And you can see we've got another System. This one that is going to be the precursor of the storm that develops down in the Gulf later this weekend. This southern system is going to track into the west with rain, heavy snow through Colorado. Showers and storms tomorrow continue across west Texas. Light to moderate snow in the high plains. So we are looking generally at about three inches or more throughout northern and central Texas through that area. Back to the west, we're going to be looking at anywhere from three to nine inches of snow, some places as much as a foot in parts of the Rockies. Warmth continues to Today, Minneapolis, you're going to be near 40. That's 11 degrees above average. Little Rock, 59. And then for tomorrow, that warmth continues all the way to Cincinnati, Memphis, on into Pierre. And the three days going into the weekend, temperatures fairly mild. Mid-50s in Philadelphia, low 50s, upper 40s into Cleveland. And that is your latest weather. You know, something's been missing. A mention of Taylor Swift news. If you're not, here it comes at 746. Taylor Swift. Guys, it's her birthday. And Taylor's going to celebrate with a new Guinness World Record. The astonishing history that she just made as fans start enjoying that era's tour at home overnight. Coming up, Hoda's holiday surprise for a wonderful group of kids at a local school who work all year helping people in need. This will be a good one. 